Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Post 20 Podcast. You're now listening to episode 202 of the show. My name is Evan. I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Matt. What's going on? First day of August. We're, we're, in, we're in there. Ten days away from kickoff. Man City Burnley. And, I don't know, a lot of energy going, even though it's a late night. We're both kind of pushing through it, but uh, I'm excited. Just getting all the endorphins going, just thinking about some ball being played. We were talking about pre-show, just wanting to watch some soccer be played, footy, um, and all the transfer actions going on. So everything's moving. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so on on today, or for today's show, um, the idea is that we will be using a tier list uh, to sort of choose where everybody will finish this year i mean we've done this in the past uh it's no different than the one we did last year um but you know we'll sort of start at the bottom in 20th place and then uh work our way up you know we have some superlatives that we sort of want to talk about too who we think's going to win what or what's going to happen first things of that nature um with all that being said matt do you care to start us off in 20th position yeah i think what we did last year is we did um we did one at a time going back and forth just so we don't go on long rants um so yeah i think pretty much 99 percent of people are putting this team in this position Mm -hmm. similar to how last year with bournemouth was um you gotta go luton town here obviously the stadium is so tiny the the team in general just doesn't look like it's it. Um, I was looking at their breakdown of their salary by position and players, and a lot of these guys only have one to two years left on their deal, so they're playing pretty safe there. They're not committing a lot to any of these guys going forward. Just they need to make it through this year, and they'll go from there. But, yeah, bottom there, their signings are pretty reasonable when it comes to their expenditure. They've only spent, like, 17 mil bringing in the likes of just recently their most spent is a uh, Ryan Jills, a left back from Wolves, Chong from United, um, formerly of United, they got him from Birmingham, uh, center back, uh, Evans boy, marvelous Nakamba, previously of Aston Villa and a couple frees there, but key sign or key players for them this year. I have is Chong. Don't really know what to expect of him. He never got a full run with United. Um, it could be an exciting young talent that people never thought of. Um, Jordan Clark's like their main guy in the middle, and then the big number nine, Carlton Morris, coming off a big year last year, scoring 20 in the championship, getting them through in the playoffs um, to get promoted. Um, strengths, they keep cl- games close. Their goal differential was was pretty decent, and they never really let games get away from them. Uh, uh, also, strong number nine in Morris. The small stadium could play to their advantage, with we've seen with Bournemouth and Forest how um, the the fans being right on top of the pitch can play a factor, and then I also put their set piece merchants just like you have to as a club like this coming up you have to find goals wherever you can and they're not going to come out here playing like Man City or potentially maybe Burnley could be, um, but weaknesses lack of prem experience their chance creation may be a problem they only scored 57 goals in the 46 matches played in the championship so goal to game ratio isn't the best and then lastly their low possession of their low percentage of possession and pass accuracy so 
Route one, similar to Dice Ball, um, um, Prime, Sam Allardyce type of play. So we could be seeing a lot of ugly matches when Luton play. All right. Um, here's what I will tell you right now after that absolutely illuminating <laughs> uh, commentary that Matt just gave us on Luton Town. You will not be getting statistics like that from me tonight. Um, it is just too pure. late on. It's I, a pure, I am pure vibe check. It's a this is a pure vibe check for me, one hundred percent. But it's good. We have like a color commentator, and then we have a play by play, and that will give you the play by play. Um, in twentieth position, I have West Ham United. I Whoa. know this may come as a surprise to to many people. Uh, West Ham are a club that have been in the Premier League for as long as I can remember at this point. Uh, they've had many, many, many good players in and out, but it has unfortunately come down to this this point where they're, despite winning the uh, Europa Conference League, uh, they are just not doing anything whatsoever to move the needle. They are the only English club uh, in the top flight to not have made a move this summer. And boy, do they need to make some moves. They need a new striker. Uh, the player that they were supposed to bring in was uh, he's like a 25 million rated striker from Manchester City named Carlos Borges. Uh, unfortunately, that deal has been hijacked by Ajax. So maybe the talent scouting was good at West Ham, but Ajax have come in and hijacked the deal. They will be taking him. This team just does not do it for me in the midfield, uh, in attack, in defense. It's just not good. And their manager is also not good. I cannot see a way for West Ham to stay up this year if they play the same stagnant, boring football uh, and don't change anything You know, in terms of the team sheet. Mikel Antonio is just not going to be a 15-goal striker at this point in his career. He's not there. He's, he's aged out for the most part, although I do enjoy him. Uh, you can't rely just straight up on Pablo Fornals or Ben Rama. These are players that need help, and I just don't think West Ham are going to get it, uh, get that sort of help financially. So it, for that reason, I, I do think that they'll actually go down, and maybe they won't be 20th, but that's where I have them. I love that take. Yeah. Uh, that's like what I did two years ago. I had them dead last, and they went and finished in sixth place. I know, I know. I, I just can't see that. Like I, I was thinking about that when I put them here, too. I, I just can't see that. They're so far away from that, it feels like. Yeah, there's obviously nobody knows what's going to happen 10 months from now, which right. is it's, it's just it's a vibe check right now, and I, I love it. I love it. It changes things up. I thought you were going to go looting, but we'll see. Um, climbing up the table, 19th position, we have, for me, um, Sheffield United. The past two to three seasons, the newly promoted teams have done pretty well. Uh, I think only one each year has been, or the last two years, I, don't, I think only one newly promoted team has been sent straight back down. I think it was Norwich, or sorry, two, Norwich and Watford. But most of the time, it's only been one that goes back down, so... My opinions immediately changed over the last 24 to 48 hours because they just sold their best player to Marseille and uh, Ilman Ndai. Yeah. I was big on this guy um, fantasy-wise, and and overall he was going to be their savior this year because he's a guy that should not be playing for Sheffield. 
And um, they made 17 mil from him because I listened to a bunch of podcasts. Marseille was his boyhood club, originally from Senegal, but um, has citizenship in France. So it was a it was a tough tough for Sheffield to really lock him down. He only had one year left on his current deal, so they mowed, they made the most of it. And now they're going to have to figure things out with a, only a month remaining in the window to figure out how to make up for him, which is going to be tough, but. Key players I have for them currently are um, John Egan is like one of their main center backs. Oliver Norwood is their set piece guy and the the general in the midfield. And then uh, Oliver McBurney is on here. I replaced him with from for and die. Um, we've seen McBurney in the past just a big Scottish lad up front, absolute trailblazer. They also have a five foot five, twenty year old center forward that is. <laughs> from nigeria or sorry ivory coast his name is benny triore yeah they they brought him in from hacken in the danish league or mm-hmm. sorry swedish league um so that's a one-two punch there i heard a comparison today of uh peter crouch and jermaine defoe so i don't know if it's going to be to that standard but i love the comparison there six foot two to five foot five yeah. I, I think they play a three five two formation Wingback play is super important for them. Um, quite a few of these guys are still on the team from when they got relegated back in 2020 or 2021. Um, primarily, I think that was down to COVID. But so it's going to be tough for them to retain a lot of that play. And um, they're they're brought up with um, Heckenbottom, who was the manager that came in under after Chris Wilder left, like three quarters of the year. And uh, he got sent down with them and then for a time was away and then had to come back and got him promoted. So strengths, don't have too much for him. Same kind as Luton, strong physical team who looks to exploit set pieces. Going to have to do that a lot more now because Ndai was a, grew up as like a futsal guy and was just super liquid on the ball. Now they lose that. Their midfield's going to be lacking. They had to replace him with a anus, anus, anis. It's spelled A-N-I-S, Slamani. <laughs> Um, he center mid, 22 years old, played it, played in the World Cup actually in Qatar in December for Tunisia. He's coming from Brodney, Brodney, from the Danish league. Um, shout out Michael Uwa with the Union. Um, so yeah, that guy seems decent off his tape. Uh, weaknesses: they had over a hundred bookings last season. It's uh, just like Leeds last year we saw um, over over the 100, and their defense may get caught out with pace, depending on who they're playing and what the style is. And then um, besides Ndai, McBurney is kind of their best attacker. From what I've seen, uh, have more research to do, um, a lot of time until the season starts. But they also have Rian Brewster, formerly of Liverpool, who was a bit of a dud and still struggles to get playing time in this team. So not a lot of positives for me. Okay. Uh, in 19th, I have Luton Town. I do have them going down, uh, which, you know, Matt Matt gave you the entire rundown. You can literally just refer back five minutes ago to everything he just said about Luton Town uh, if you want to know why they most likely won't stay up. But, yeah, I, I think it's going to be one of those years where you at least see one of the newly promoted sides go back down. I think the 18th is maybe going to be the one that surprises people. Uh, in terms of my picks, but I just don't see how how Luton will be able to 
cut it in this giant growing premier league which you know it is it's continually growing the popularity and whatever else money financials it's been insane and luton town have a tiny a little stadium right in between two townhomes i just don't see it uh working out the way they most likely are are hoping for uh, and i think they will be going down in that 19th position okay more respectable 19th rather than 20th of course and and their their quality and their prestige is not quite as high as as west ham right so it would be much more catastrophic for west ham to go right to go down after however many years in the league than it would be for luton town to just yo-yo no they're gonna get the Uh, money it's gonna get better for luton regardless of how they perform this year yeah, that's the, they don't have the easiest easiest of starts to begin the year. Obviously, yeah. the Premier League, there's no easy games technically. That's what all the players and managers and whoever you talk to will say. But um, as the season goes on, you figure out which teams are fit and which aren't. And uh, I can firsthand say Chelsea last year were were just slugging, dragging their feet every week, and now we've seen their tip top shape. But we'll get to them later. Eighteenth um, position, my last relegated team. Only got one right last year with Southampton. This year, hoping to get this one right. I had them in dead last last year. Going to have them a little bit higher in 18th. Bournemouth. Um, I just don't see it. I thought the managerial change of Gary O'Neill was a bit surprising for me personally. Um, Obviously, I think a lot of people didn't see him as a standard Premier League manager maybe long term but it seemed like he had the guys going um, even when he was an interim then was made permanent manager you could tell that the the players respected him and he just built something in there to get the job done it wasn't the prettiest they still gave up a shit ton of goals which I think will cost him again this year because when it comes to transfers they've added a lot of attacking options and Justin Cliver um, Favre from Lyon and made that Hamid Traore deal permanent they did bring in a left back. We talked about him from AZ Alkmaar from the Dutch League, a 19-year-old left back. He is Hungarian and Serbian. Nice little mix there. 18 mil Milos Kirksey, Kirkis. Um, so this might be somebody to look out for going forward to fill in that wingback role for them out there. And then uh, they also signed Radu, backup goalie from Inter Milan on loan to backup Neto, I'm sure. Uh, not too many outgoings for them. The only main one was Je- Jefferson Lerma. Um, got rid of a couple fullbacks as well. But they cleaned a lot of the books out, got a lot of role players out that didn't have much time. So thinning out the squad is good for them. They don't play in Europe. They don't, they're don't. they not looking to go deep into the cup competitions. And without a World Cup in between, they can have some more consistency. But key players, Dom Solanke. Philip Billing and Neto and goal strengths. They reinforce the attack, as I mentioned, and they're also a scrappy team that are competitive in most games. Uh, I mentioned the manager change. The They were the third worst defense, giving up 71 goals. We saw they led a lot of games early. We saw the 3-3. They were up uh, against Arsenal. Arsenal came back. They were up against Tottenham several times. Arsenal, Tottenham came back and won. Um, they also were ahead of Chelsea. Chelsea came back even when Chelsea was Chelsea last year. Yeah. So they have a bit of an issue there when it comes to to holding leads. Um, I think injury issues will be an, it will be a problem now, seeing that they've thinned out the squad. 
is a problem. We didn't see Dom Solanke have too serious of issues. If he did, he was only out maybe a game or a week or so, but I think we might see one or two guys go down and have a massive loss. We're seeing Marcus Tavernier also going into the season. Uh, one of their main wingers is, might be out the first few weeks. And then I also, for lastly, I have the loss of Jefferson Lerma will be felt. He was their key six. He was in their top five in goals scored and, and goal comp- contributions in general. He was their number six jet, uh, guy in the middle. Did a lot of the dirty play, and I don't think they replaced him yet. So there's going to be a massive gap. Their defense is going to get run thin. Adam Smith is still there. He's super slow on the right, and I just don't think it's the year. And uh, I think the manager is going to have issues to begin the year, just like how Scott Parker did last year. All right. Uh, in 18th, I have Everton Football Club. I think this is the year that they finally go Aww. down. Um, I think it's it's going to be one of those years where they might start decent, but it's just going to be a run of form towards the end that takes them down. They've gotten lucky two years in a row now. I, I don't see how it's even possible, like statistically, that they're still in this league with how poor they've been. They have just not made enough uh, in terms of splashes in the transfer market. I don't see this being any sort of enjoyable, free-flowing, ticky-taka, beautiful attacking football. It's going to be the same as it was last year, 10 behind the ball. I think it's entirely possible that they, and, and honestly probable, that they finish below even some of the newly promoted teams. So I'm just I'm just really not, not highly moved. Um by by the project there i i do like sean dyche i think he's a good manager but i don't think he's ever going to get you into the mid table uh at this point it's looking like they are going to rely on calvert lewin up top uh we've seen a bit of neil mopai in uh in preseason i think he played he got the start uh in the one nil uh when that they wait i'm reading the wrong thing um, Neil Mopai has played in preseason, but I was looking yeah. at the wrong match. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's going to come down to Denjuma, I guess. We might see a little bit of Deli Ali. He's coming back uh, from that loan uh, at Besiktas. But I-, I don't know how you feel, but there's just not a ton of players on this team besides maybe some stalwarts in the back with, with Tarkovsky. Guys, you know, of that nature. There's just not a lot of guys that move me here. So... I think it's going to be a lot of midfield battles and a lot of boring one nils or nil nils or one ones this season for Everton. And I don't think they're going to be able to amass enough points to stay up. Yeah, I agree with a lot of that. I think Everton's one of those teams that you just, one of the few teams that you know you're going to get out of the players. You know, they're all average to below average. Um, they'll give you everything you, they can for the badge, but. They're limited, and with their manager you mentioned, they play a certain style, and it restricts them for certain opportunities to be created. So if it works, like you mentioned, one nils is is music to Sean Dyche's ears, uh, especially at home. So they're still in talks. I think they're bringing in a Portuguese striker. I think they just agreed terms with the club, so that might be changing things. Adding another striker on top of Jan Juma could be great because... DCL obviously is their guy, and if he's out, having some capable backup is good because we've seen Malpai isn't the most ideal guy. Yeah, that's for for certain. 
Um, okay. So yeah, that's that's good. We have we got two different relegation teams. I think last year we had two out of the three. This year we only have one of the three, so that's good. Um, yeah, the most surprising one was West Ham. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean David Moyes had a rough end of the year. The Europa, the Conference League saved him a bit, but New Year people forget about the past after a week or so. So okay, uh, just above relegation. Uh, I'm going with Nottingham Forest. I had them here last year. They survived this year. Uh, same thing. I think they're going to struggle. A lot of it has to do with their road form. If they can figure that out, things will be different, and they'll be able to climb up the table. But I just don't see that changing, really. Having a lot of the same players from last year, just like I mentioned with the other teams, they've been thinning out the squad a lot. They let a lot of guys go that they only signed on a short-term deal, really. And... I just don't think they have enough to climb up any higher with Steve Cooper. Even though I did think he did a great job last year with what the circumstances were, similar to how he like Chelsea was. They had so many players on the books, but he found a way to keep them up. Uh, keep players, Gibbs White coming off that U21 World Cup, or sorry, was it the Euros? Yeah, they won the U21 mm-hmm. Euros. So that was great. They didn't concede a goal. Gibbs White was the captain, I believe. He led the way. Brendan Johnson, uh, going to have to use him a lot more, too, uh, on one of the wings. And then uh, Felipe is one of their center backs. I think he ended on a good year last year, found his way into the team after they brought him him in from Atletico Madrid, a signing I never thought a team like Forrest would make. But the Prem is the Prem now with the money. It's trickling down more and more. Uh, strengths, their home form is is what keeps them up and what gives them energy. Those Those home fans are electric for the trees. Explosive off the counter, and uh, they make it. They're making it through last season, or sorry, making it through last season should give them confidence. Uh, weaknesses that the worst team in possession and in pass accuracy, similar to Luton coming up. And uh, I already mentioned they cleared out the squad, but I think the midfield's really going to struggle with uh, the likes of of just Kuyate, who dealt with a lot of injuries. Yeah, uh, John, yeah, John Joe Shelby in there. Um, and then hmm. another Ryan Yates is the captain. I just don't see a lot of game changers in the middle of the park that are going to add too many goals to what they need to keep them higher above the drop zone. So um, there are talks of Matt Turner potentially being their sign there and be the number yeah. one because Arsenal just agreed terms with Brentford for da- or personal terms with, for David Raya. David yeah. Raya be coming in with Ramsdale. Uh, I don't know what that situation is going to cause because they're both. Premier League number ones. I don't know um, why we're doing it. It's honestly making me sick, but a little bit of a confusing signing. But um, Arteta and I do seem like they know what they're doing so far. But um, yeah, so four seventeenth. It worked for me last year. They stayed up. I think it'll work for them again. But there's so much parity in this bottom six for me that it could be any sort of <laughs> arrangement. I have Bournemouth in seventeenth. I am truly just kind of taking a flyer here i think the signings that they've made they've signed they, they really haven't done a ton of business outside of um attacking players they signed hamed triore from sassuolo they signed romaine fave from uh leon and they signed justin clivert a, another left winger from uh roma these are all teams that are outside of Sassuolo, really. 
Leon and Roma have some sort of pedigree. Uh, we've seen fantastic players come from both of those clubs before. I think this is an injection of relative youth, and I don't think it's going to work right away. Um, I, I'm, I'm not like super high on Solanke or, or really anybody besides maybe Dango Otara, who I thought was fantastic for them last year. Um, I, I don't think it's going to be like a super successful experiment, but I think in terms of injecting raw skill into your team, uh, there's definitely something here. And I think they probably have enough in the tank in terms of individual performances that you're surely going to get just because of the raw pace and raw skill that the players they brought in have, um, that they're going to be able to win a couple games just solely on that. I don't think this is going to be pretty, but I bet you right now there's going to be some impressive goals from players in Bournemouth shirts this year. Um, I think you know those little three-point victories uh, are going to be enough to keep them up. I don't think it's going to be fancy, um, but they're they're definitely, I think, poised to be in the Premier League next season. It's it's a little bit more next season about you know solidifying yourself. I don't think this is going to be a solid year. I just think they'll stay up. I just saw on their outgoings they loaned out that uh, fave back to Liga that's, for the year. That's terrible for the program. Yeah, I don't know why. Why would they do year. that? They spent 15 mil and loaned him back out to a lower league. He's a, he's a good player as well. I've seen, I've watched a lot of him. I like him a lot. He's 25. He's, he fits a a good core age to come in. He's not a youngster. So, he, and as well, he's, he's experienced in a top league. And uh, I can't speak too much about him. Obviously, there's, I haven't seen a lot of league on play in him in particular, but seems like a guy that could add some sort of flavor. And, Maybe it's because they have so much depth in that attack, as you mentioned. They're bringing in all this talent forward, and maybe they need to. F it's like similar to how Leeds was, as I mentioned, the few past few seasons. They never fully invested into the defense, and it costs them. So this might be what gets them relegated, or like you think they're going to struggle again this year. Yeah. Okay, we jump to sixteenth position. This is what a team I, for a moment put them in the drop zone, but I just think they always find a way to weasel themselves and <laughs> just 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 figure out how to get through the year, mainly defensively. Uh, I'm going with Wolves, Wolverhampton. Oh. I think it's just the most mid of mid teams there can be. There's we talked the end of last year, they when you think of Wolves, like they don't have any big name superstars, and if you do, they sold them already. We saw Neves leave to Al Halal. We see one of their young center backs, Nathan Collins, go to Brentford, higher up the table. Connor Cody, a leader, goes to Leicester. Uh, they just sold Raúl Jiménez, their number nine, to Fulham, uh, a direct rival in the league table. And I already mentioned that Ryan Gill is a young center back, a left back to Luton, so. They are making a lot of money. They've made 43 mil in, in profit. They've spent 60 on two players that they had last year on loan and made permanent. So in Mateus Cunha and uh, Bubakar Traore, who were pretty decent for Lopetegui. But um, 
And that was one of my strengths as well. There were rumors that Lopetegui was going to leave because he didn't believe in the project and whatnot because the play was so bad. But him staying is a good thing. And a full preseason gets uh, a lot of his programming into these players' minds, how he wants to play, how they can go forward and build on what they have from last year. Um, the defense, I mentioned, is what keeps them up. They only scored 31 goals last year in total, less than a goal a game in the Premier League and they somehow stayed up. I don't think that is sustainable if they do that again this year without the goal contributions of Neves and Jimenez when he was in there uh, and the one goal from Diego Costa who they let go of. I just, it's too much. Um, so yeah, and obviously as well, uh, the creativity to find, they're going to have to find ways to, to win, win games in tight situations. They're going to have to find these game changers in their lineup and I have saw in goal as a key player. Mateus Nunes, who was really a versatile play last year, played the attack in mid, holding mid, an eight. He played fullback for like one game I saw. He got ripped apart. Um, and then Pedro Neto. This guy's been ridden with injuries, like a broken kneecap, hammy issues, <laughs> cast. But this guy always, for some reason, I just think he's, he's the guy for them. Uh, obviously, Daniel Podence, little midget boy up front too. He is nice. We got Huang He Chan, who's going to get more time now that Jimenez is gone. Um, so yeah, they have some potential there, but it just doesn't speak to me. So sixteenth is where I'm putting them. Fair enough. Uh, in sixteenth, I have Nottingham Forest. This is so challenging because I was so in on the Nottingham Forest um, project towards the end of the season. This is such a it's it's hard for me to put them in sixteenth because I think. Honestly, they have enough attacking players that, that they could place higher. Uh, the issue with Nottingham Forest lies in the managerial situation. It lies within the defense and the midfield. They have so many talented attacking players and players that are now rated to be quite expensive. Uh, it's sort of surprising how much players like Gibbs White and Brennan Johnson uh, would fetch on the transfer market, but you have to remember they are young and they're English, and that's extremely important uh, for the top six You know, when they're looking at a player. Morgan Gibbs White, I think, was fantastic last year. Brennan Johnson, another one that I thought was fantastic at points, sort of in spurts. And then towards the end of the year, you had Taiwo Aoni, who literally single-handedly kept them up. Uh, you have just you have Chris Wood, you have Emmanuel Dennis. Dennis is one of those players that I thought maybe uh, Wood would sort of burst out, but he just never really did it for us. And then Chris Wood, you you know what Chris Wood is capable of. Um, did he? Did Chris Wood leave or come in? They signed him permanently. Signed him permanently. Newcastle. Yeah, that's what I thought. Um, so yeah, they also, they also got Anthony Alanga from United. Yes, they did. That's true. Uh, so now that's another, another attacking player that Nottingham Forest are going to be able, uh, to utilize, not to mention they have, um, a American goalkeeper in Ethan Horvath. So yeah, I, I think, I think Nottingham Forest are going to be decent. Uh, you do need to remember that they have won a Premier League. They have won two FA Cups. They've won two Champions Leagues, um, which is two more than Arsenal. This is a club with history, 
and unfortunately, I don't I don't really think uh, they're going to be ever back to that point where they were winning Champions Leagues. But uh, they were a decent side down the stretch last year, and if they're able to uh, recreate some of that winning mentality when they really needed it uh, at the beginning of this next season, then they should be able to at least uh, gain safety, and I'm, I'm hoping uh, achieve even more than that. Yeah, I think they'd be happy with 16th finish sure. if you told them at the start of the year. They need to. They have a lot of that youth talent you're mentioning up front. It's just they need to build some stability in the back line, which we saw was um, really bad, and on the road was even worse. Yeah. Um, okay, who do you have in, what's that, 15th? 15th position. I think I had him here last year. Um, kind of regretting it now that I'm thinking about it after you mentioned all your points, but... Uh, I have Everton Football Club. Yeah. Um, I can never see them, especially with Sean Dice finishing in that mid-table, like safety, like 13th or above. It's just, it's just not there. We, we already, you touched on a lot of the points. Um, key players, Pickford and goal. They kept him, got him on a new deal last season. Uh, DCL, the number nine up front. Fitness, obviously, hand in hand with him. If it works, they're great. Uh, the attack opens up a lot, but if he's not. Um, the depth was never there, but I think they found it with Dan Juma now. We'll see how his year with them go. Hopefully it's better than with Tottenham. And then potentially this new Portuguese guy that we'll probably touch on next week when we get more information on. And then Dwight McNeil. That is Sean Dyche's boy. He, When Sean Dyche was appointed, Dwight McNeil was one of the best players statistically and just uh creatively for them going forward it was night and day from lampard to dice with mcneil his playtime just instantly went up and his involvement in the attack was there um they also signed ashley young he can fill in at both left back and right back he adds a lot of leadership um can be some an, a polarizing figure that can uh, help players get some spotlight off them um and also just he can rile people up and get things going. So that could be nice for them going forward for the year. Coming from Aston Villa after their success. Um, they're, oh, just, my mind just blanked. Um, outgoings, Moise Keane, we were a big fan on him. He never really got a going in Everton. And it makes sense because he would never work with Sean Dyche's system. So they make a quick 30 mil on him. Begovic leaving. Yuri Mina, one of their center backs who was always injured, was a good leader. He leaves. Connor Cody, we already mentioned, with going to Leicester. Um, they also let go of Andrews Townsend. So no one-time screamers from him anymore. And then Tom Davies as well. He was somebody that always got rotation minutes. He's gone. Um their attacking options are limited and inconsistent when I look at their weaknesses. Creating chances, obviously a struggle. If DCL's in there, I think they have some better attack on the counter. Uh, and then I also put they don't really have many youth prospects adding a spark into the team. You know, um, how we've seen with Arsenal, when you get Reese Nelson and Smith Rowe out there, they just add a little bit of something out uh, new. We've seen with um I, I was about to say chelsea but i can't say that uh united with garnacho or palestri like it just get, adds a little bit extra of something from the fans and i think that's what they had with gordon and they let go of him so they're really gonna have to dog it out with a tight-knit squad and i think they i think they can get enough points early in the season to keep them safe but there will be a lot of a lot of downtimes for them they, there will probably be a stretch where they lose 
four games in a row, and Sean Dice will be in question. So he's definitely on the hot seat for me the first six months and could be up there for the first sacking, but um, I think they just have enough. Yeah. Um, all right, in 15th, I have Sheffield United. I don't know Ooh. why. Uh, what I will say is their manager's name is Paul Hecking Bottom. Yeah. Uh, just absolutely just mad name. They have Hecking Bottom, and they also have that anus guy. I mean, this yeah. team, everything's pointing towards them actually being ass, but I, I think that somehow or another... When I look at this team, there, there's there's some grinders on here. Ollie McBurney, Workhorse, Demon, Ryan Brewster. To be fair, terrible, but I think could probably do a job in this team. Uh, we've got Jaden Bogle. We've got John Egan. We've got some some horses. And George Baldock. George Baldock. This is a team that I look at, and I am literally fucking bored to death. But I think... <laughs> They're probably going to be extremely steady at the back. And I can, like, I mean, look at their goal differential from last year. It was 34. That's relatively sound. They did score 73 goals, which is mad compared to the Sheffield uh, that we saw two years ago when they went down. Um, they, They only spent one year in the championship, right? Two. Okay, so it was two years ago. Um. Yeah, they couldn't fucking score, though. That's what I remember. So uh, I think this team is going to be solid. I think they are going to be probably right on, like level with Wolves in terms of boring. And that kind of won't surprise anybody that I have Wolves in 14th right next to them. Yeah, I think I've been listening to some people talk, some Sheffield fans, and they play with attacking center backs that get involved in the attack. They have this Bosnian center back, Anals. Not even going to try to pronounce that last name. Uh, <laughs> ah, uh, Ahmad Hadzik. Anel Ahmad Hadzik. Yeah, good enough. You uh, actually might... You you might have a, a career in... Yeah, Quran reading. That was, like, low-key pretty decent. Oh, he's Swedish, so oh, I don't know. Of course he is. That. Sure. Uh, he's somebody that I'm looking to potentially look out for in fantasy and also might be somebody that scores quite a bit of goals for them out of the back. But, yeah, I think they have a set way they play. Their midfield's going to be pretty standard. They got that Sander Berger, a Norwegian midfielder, who's going to be like a 6'5", destroyer, Matich type of deal, um, break things up. And he also gets pretty forward quite a bit. So I think they have little key pieces here and there. If they get on a good run, I think they'll be fine, but... Um, I think goalkeeper might be an issue for them. We saw, When they first came up, Dean Henderson was there. Um, and they finished ninth in that first season they were up. And obviously COVID hit and things changed for them. but And ultimately got them relegated the following year. And it was tough for them. But I think they have a pretty decent squad. And I think I, there was a time where I thought they were staying up. But just that Idai leaving is just too much for me. Yeah. All right. Uh, 14th, I have Wolves. Like Matt mentioned, so fucking boring. Uh, we're going to be cursed by Wolves, I think, for the next 10 years. Like something... Nah, nah. nah dude, I'm telling you, if Lopetegui gets into these guys' head, like they're, they're actually going to be somehow sound. I, I think he might leave in the first three I, I hope he does. Like I genuinely hope he leaves on his own accord. I don't want Wolves here again next year. I, I'm, I'm over it. 
Uh, I I honestly think they have a fucking fire ass logo, and it is dope. But they have bad kits. They're they're boring to watch. They haven't been good since Jimenez was good. They actually ha I can tell you exactly when Wolves got ass. It's when fucking David Luiz smoked Raul Jimenez and gave him CTE. That is the moment that everything went downhill for Wolves. They're so boring. They've signed players that I've liked, liked, and then you know they come in and they just don't do anything. I'm so fucking tired of it. But I know at the same time, like we're not allowed to have shit, and they will somehow win enough games to stay up. This is just gonna be like five wins all year, ten draws, and the rest are losses, and it's enough to stay up. Yeah, that's pretty fair. Not five wins, but maybe like eight. I think last year they they had under ten wins. I could be wrong. I just want to double check that. Yeah, I mean, I can totally see their point tally being yeah. like eleven wins, eight draws, nineteen defeats. So Negative boring. Twenty-seven goal differential. I, actually, they could one hundred percent just repeat last season. That like that wouldn't surprise me even in the slightest bit. Yeah, but I think a lot of those moments they had Neves in there. So and they're gonna have a new pen taker. Oh yeah, and he's in Saudi now. I forgot about that. Yeah. Okay. 14th. This is where my like next tier starts. So 15th to 20th was like the, all the teams I considered relegated. This one is where these guys will be pretty cozy for me and it's going to be Burnley. I think a lot of people are going to have them safe this year. I think company has a lot to do with that and the way that they've completely did a 180 on how the previous Burnley was with Dyche yep. and how it's been in the past, just strong, bulky backs which they still do have. They have strong guys there. They brought in a few. Uh, I think Darrow Shea from West Brom is like a typical one. Um, but it's going to be good this year. Uh, I'm hoping they bring that flair from last year. It's going to be. It's not going to be a full good full transition for them because they their shot creation uh, was was an issue in the championship. Um, but they were really strong in possession. They they averaged 64 percent possession in the championship. That's probably going to get dropped down to like the low 50s, I would say, on average. But in those games where they're playing like an Everton Wolves, all the teams we've talked about so far, I think that they might dominate it a bit. So I think that could be their advantage. Made quite a bit of signings so far. Signed a 22-year-old center forward from Basel recently. Didn't know that. They signed a young goalkeeper james trafford the goalkeeper who we mentioned gibbs white in the 21 u21 euros uh this james trafford was the goalie didn't concede a single goal um they brought him in for 18 mil i'm assuming he'll be the starter don't know what to expect from him uh a lot of center backs a pair of them in buyer from which and gladback who was on c on loan from last season they made that permanent i talked about o'shea and then um other than that, some experience in Nathan Redmond brought him in from Besiktas after he was with Southampton. So got some experience, got some youth. They kept a lot of their core from last year. Not too many outgoings if there was. Not too many, Not anybody's too serious. Um, Ashley Barnes, they left in the championship. He goes to Norwich on a free. Um, three key players for me, Josh Brownhill, their number 10. He'll be a big key fag figure for them. Another anus, an anus Zarari. Nice. Um, he is going to be like a left winger for them. 
uh, with Manuel Benson on the right. So I'm liking their wingers coming in. And then a sort of Trent type of player in Connor Roberts. This guy bombs down the right, right back, right back, right wing back position. This guy gets involved a lot in the play on the wings down the line for drags and also little tap-ins. Um, so yeah, the strengths I have, different style of play than last. We talked uh, a lot of fresh faces in the club that aren't your typical Burnley mold. And then company, I think, will make a strong impression on the league. Maybe not maybe not game one against his uh, former club, but after that, uh, I think they should be okay. And then uh, the other weakness I have is uh, they probably won't get E. Matson back, who was their left back last year. Yeah. After he's impressed in the preseason tour with Chelsea. Um, never say never. He could still go out because that's a left back position was heavily contested position in our club currently, but... He wasn't even using a left back. He's playing like a left attack and mid, right attack and mid, center mid. Like this guy's super versatile. So I'm hoping he stays, but you never know. So I think Burnley are one of those big surprises of the year for us. Okay. Uh, in 13th, I have Fulham. Uh, it's no surprise that I have Burnley right around this position as well, but. I do think that Fulham are going to be the team to finish 13th. It's looking like the club's in a bit of turmoil. Uh, Marco Silva stays on as manager, but unfortunately, um, it's looking like Alexander Mitrovic, who is their talisman in every sense of the word, will be leaving, whether that be to Inter Milan, whether that be to Al-Hilal, we don't know. But he is most definitely going to leave. It's looking like William is a potential lever as well. Um, they're yeah, gonna. He is gonna he's stay. Year. He's staying a year. Yeah. Oh, all right. Well, that's fantastic. Then that's good for them. Um, they are going to be stuck with Raul Jimenez up top. It's looking like he is thirty-two years old. He's aged out a bit. Uh, so I think, to be honest with you, a lot of Fulham scoring load is going to fall on uh, sort of their guys that were either backups last year and Carlos Vinicius or maybe their wingers. Uh, they do have Harry Wilson. They do have Willian. They have they have De Cordova uh, Reed. Then you have guys like Andreas Pereira who play in the midfield. I don't know. I, I don't think it's going to be like anything fantastic for them. They've maintained Leno. They have Adara Bioyo back there. They brought in Calvin Bassey uh, as well. Uh, I just, I, I don't think it's going to be anything like unbelievable for them this year, but I do think uh, they're decent enough, uh, and especially like bringing in Calvin Bassey's fantastic for my axe, but um, it, it's going to be just like a rough and tumble. They're going to fight. It's not like they're going to lay down. Uh, but losing Mitrovic is is super tough. You're you're gonna have a really tough time replacing him, I think. Yeah, I also have Fulham in thirteenth, similar to Evan. Um, I don't even think Jimenez from day one might earn that starting role. I think Vinicius has proven himself to be a a competent backup to Mitrovic. We saw last year he was pretty pretty intense in games, and he scored against Chelsea when they played the, the lighter in the year. So I think he can definitely earn more time this year, take off Jimenez, who hasn't, we haven't seen the best of him, as Evan mentioned, since his injury, but I think he still is a competent guy that fits that profile to what they play, so if those guys can split games half and half, and 
one of them fit, find some form that can be good, but it's not the same as Mitrovic, who still is at the club, but is one foot out the door going to Saudi. So um, that's going to be tough. So uh, key players, William, Tim Ream in the back, going to be 36 this year, but still is an absolute gem. And then Zhao Paulinho, their number six, who I believe had a dislocated shoulder in the summer series against Chelsea towards the beginning. So he may miss the first game um, for recovery, which could be big time because that Sasha Lukic they signed in January, he's Serbian as well. He's just not it for me. He's a step behind in general. And then Harrison Reed isn't doesn't fit that mold. He's more of their deep line playmaker, but he's going to have to find more defensive role, more of a defensive role with, with Paulina gone. And then also their club captain, Tom Kearney, pulled up with a bit of a hamstring issue in the summer series as well. Got uh, He picked up that injury on the FedEx field where the commanders play, which is infamous with big major injuries to players. So, um, yeah, I think the squad is pretty much the same from last year, but I think teams are going to figure them out a little bit more. Without that key, Talisman and Mitrovic, I don't think they're going to earn as many points. We saw they had a great start to the year, picking up massive points against all the big dogs, but they got a bit complacent, and as March, April came around, they got pretty secure in where they were and just took it as it was. So um, I don't think they're going to get that start as they did last year, which was going to keep them on their toes more, and um, they're going to have to make a few more signings. I think Bassey, as you mentioned, is good. Apparently, Tosin uh, Adebayo is going to be heading out, potentially, whether it's to Tottenham, I've heard, or he's potentially going to go to um, League uh But I don't think the League uh move is moving now because uh, Monaco sold one of their defenders to Chelsea, and they already replaced him with Mohamed Salisu from Southampton. So um, he could stay in the league. All right. Uh, in 12th, moving up one tier for me, I have Burnley. Uh, I think so. Matt and I have Burnley and Fulham swapped, I believe. I think Burnley's going to be uh, solid. Got, What's up? I got Burnley 14th and Fulham oh, okay. 13th. Yeah. I haven't done my 12 yet. All right. Um, sorry, I'm actually losing my mind. Um, <laughs> so I've got Burnley in 12th. I think they're going to be decent enough this year. Um, I, I think it's just a totally new look Burnley from what we last saw when they were relegated. Uh, company has taken his, you know, sort of approach to rebuilding the club and taking down some of the shades that Sean Dyche left up uh, before he left. And I think this is the future of uh, Burnley Football Club. It seems like the fans are just absolutely adoring company. It seems like the players bought in almost immediately. And of course, when you look at the ages on the team, these are players that probably grew up idolizing Vincent Company and watching him play and watching how effective he was. Um, he is quite quite young uh, as a manager, and I'm I'm super happy to see everybody's bought in. He seems like he's a fantastic manager. And I think a lot of this really will come down to how good their coaching staff management is. Uh, and I think they're going to be able to to kind of stick around and, and fight for some points in that higher mid table. Yeah. 12th will be incredible for them. Yep. Um, in my 12th position, I have crystal palace. This is their home is 12th to 13th for me. Um, key players, Ebrice Eze, Michael Alisse, and Mark Wehi. Uh, however you want to pronounce it, Guahi, Guahi, uh, Gehi. 
Um, Eze has been lighting it up in the preseason, is looking like their main man, and is really pushing to make that Euro 24 England squad um, come next summer. So, so and Elise is coming off that hamstring injury from the earlier in the summer, could make his return in the first few games, but he's somebody that is flying under the radar a bit, but he might be leaving the club potentially to Man City. Uh, I think he has like a release clause of like 35, 40 mil in his contract. So that would be a, a massive loss on top of the Wilf Zaha loss. Uh, him going to Galatasaray on a free. They've only brought in one player in Jefferson Lerma, which is a massive signing because I thought watching their midfield last year, checked Kutu Corey from, uh, they brought him from Liga last year, was a great, great season for him. But he just needed somebody as a partner in there. And I don't, didn't think Will Hughes was good enough. I didn't think uh, Lakonga when he was in there, was good enough. Um, they played Schlupp in there, who was the best of the th- of the bunch. But I just think Larma is different gravy in there. He's 28. He's experienced in the Prem, Colombian. Uh, both of those guys are going to be at it's that getting, getting through those two is going to be really tough. Um, I don't know how Roy Hodgson's going to play him, but just just let him do the thing. Uh, strengths strong core with Hodgson. Good youth talent throughout the squad. Um, Sam Johnson's probably going to start over Vince, uh, yeah, Guaita in goal. Um, he's the third string goalie for England, and I think this is a big step up for him. And I just think they're a strong mid table team. Just like how I said, like Wolves always finds a way to stay in. I think Palace is a step up and just know how to get it done. Uh, last, their weaknesses, though, uh, I mentioned Zaha. It's going to test their other attackers. We always kind of forget their their committee of strikers in Mateta, Edward, and Ayu. Ayu's going to have to take a big step up on one of the wings to start the year, as well as uh, Edward and Mateta have to find more goals to keep them in this area and even get higher. Uh, Defensive depth, I think, is going to be something they need to fix because their right-back position is a bit questionable with Joel Ward, who had a great end of the year, and Nathaniel Klein. Both of these guys above the ages of 30. Don't know if they got too much in their legs left if they get ran out there one-on-one. But yeah, the depth back there. And they still have James Tompkins there, who we saw last year with Mitrovic just getting double yellowed. And whenever he was in there, you could tell he was a step behind everybody. So I think that's going to hold them back a bit. But still, plenty of time in the window. They have their money spent. They haven't spent any. They got Lerma on a free, as I mentioned. And it's it's a long month to go so i think they're pretty bang on for me in that area like 11th to 13th yeah um for me i have brentford in 11th i think you know it kind of was a, a wild year for them uh last year they got slightly boned uh by the fact that uh ivan tony won't be won't be around uh, that's that's uh, definitely unlucky, um, and I I was really pleased with with sort of how they performed all the way across the board. Obviously, Tony had had an unbelievable year. Uh, I don't think that that really surprised anybody last year, but the effect they will feel without having him is just going to be so massive. 
They're so solid all over the pitch, to be honest with you. Their midfield is fantastic. They've got players like Yanel, Norgard, Jensen. Uh, they have Josh De Silva in there, who did a great job last year. There's Onyeka, who I always expected to be much, much better than he actually is. He is still 25. There's time to grow. Then they are up top, they have Wissa. They have Mbuemo. They've got Kevin Schad now. They've got Sergi Canos. There's just a lot of really sound players on this team, and the defense isn't really any different with Pinnock and Christopher Iyer, Nathan Collins. They have really two decent keepers. Uh, one really decent keeper is Str Thomas Strakosha, uh, who we haven't seen all that much of, but will probably be the one uh, to replace Raya ahead of Mark Flecken. And I, I think they're they're going to be another decent team this year. I don't think it's going to be anything crazy. I think they're definitely going to feel the loss um, of, of Ivan Tony. But I think they have enough players on the wings in order to still use some sort of pacey attack. It's just a matter of if maybe they're able to bring in another target man to do the job in the interim. I know we've talked about maybe uh, Valt Veghorst coming into a couple of these different clubs, but... I think maybe Val could could do a job there. Just just you know finishing those quick squares coming in from Embuemo and Wissa. I think he could one hundred percent do that job. And it's going to be tough not having your penalty god in in Ivan Tony uh, and having all that finishing power. But I think there are plenty of of fail safes in place for Brentford, and I cannot see them going down. I think this will be another decent year uh, in them just kind of trucking along. Yeah, they need to get off to a good start because yes. the headlines will all be around their attack and they need Tony. So if they could figure out a way how to get a result against Tottenham in the first game, that'd be great for them. Uh, in my 11th position, uh, I have them significantly higher than Evan. I'm going West Ham. Um, oh, buddy, you, you're smoking something. Yeah, I know. I just think because of the window, they just made all that money off Rice. They also let go of... Unfortunately, they let go of Manuel Lanzini, um, and they sold Masuaku to Turkey. So, let a few experienced players go. Rice, obviously, the club captain. They're the only team in the Prem that hasn't bought anybody in yet. Right now, talks are they're pushing to get James Ward-Prowse, who they, we thought they were going to get. And they're probably going to look for a center back or something, too. I think they've been in talks, potentially, maybe Chalaba or Gallagher, Gallagher as a center mid. Um, they need to find somebody to replace Rice instantly, because, before the season especially, because that's a gap that they can't fill at the moment and most likely won't with whoever they get. Um, I don't know if so Thomas Suchek can fulfill that role no, he can. in any sort of capacity. We, I remember there was a season where he was a, an absolute goal scorer for them, scored like 10-plus goals, but yeah. hasn't figured out that form since. Jared Bowden, another key player, and then Paqueta. We might see Paqueta take another step forward, as well as Saad Bemrama. These are guys that aren't your typical David Moyes players. Um, we've seen in the past years that West Ham bring in a lot of a nice variety of, of talent from around the world, but if you're thinking of a David, David Moyes team, it's just that they don't fit that mold. And if he can get more control over the incomings, like a James Ward-Prowse is perfect for Dice, or Dice, for Moyes, I think that's that'll be what keeps them in this mid area. They get out of that situation from last year where it just they just couldn't figure out any sort of form. 
they they knew what they were doing in Europe somehow. They won it all, and now are in the <laughs> Europa League again. So now they have Europe and the Prem, no rice uh, and squad, no new players. And yes, there there are talks that Skamaka could be leaving. He could be going to back to Italy potentially. Inter, from what I hear. Yeah, because uh, Inter were priced out of Balogun, so they're going to go with a cheaper option there. And he just didn't work last year with Moyes, as I mentioned, with other players. But yeah, that could be another one that leaves. So yeah, I do I do think West Ham are going to make more signings, obviously, as the as the window goes on, which they have to, but. As Evan mentioned right now, yeah, they're definitely in that bottom area, but I do think they'll make the signings. And coming off that that European title, they're going to have a lot of confidence. Uh, they figured out their more direct style team. We saw last year they they started the year more possession based, more build up. But as they, times got dire, they just chucked all that out the window and just did whatever they could to get the job done. And it did. Uh, other weaknesses besides Rice leaving is. Uh, the recruitment right now is slow. They're being more patient, which could be detrimental because they were trying to sign a player, and I think Ajax jumped them on it, and Ajax signed somebody instead, or signed that person instead. So they need to get the ball rolling, and uh, I think Moyes, I already mentioned with Lopetegui and then Sean Dice, I think Moyes could be one of somebody on the hot seat if they get off to a bad start. Um depending on if signings are made or not. So yeah. we, saw, we saw that all last year. Every every other game, it was like, if they lose, Moyes is gone. He found a way to get it. And that's just tough as anybody. Like, your job's on the line, and you know it. Like, if something doesn't go right, you're gone. But the players did it for him and got him through, and it was a great moment to see him celebrating with his dad when they beat Fiorentina mm-hmm. in the conference final there. So, um, yeah, I think mid-table for them would be good because last year we thought they were top eight. And they did what they did. So I think balance it out here. Yeah. And I, what I will say about you sort of mentioned James Wood Prowse. West Ham pulled their bid for Wood Prowse today, uh, according to Fabrizio Romano. So that's not, not great, <laughs> to be honest. Uh, I, have to get him. I don't know what their fucking financial situation is like, but your transfer kitty is literally packed full after the Rice deal. Like, I don't think they got all that in one go. I think no, no, I'm it. sure they don't, but you can operate on credit, and you know they have enough coin to pay for another defensive midfielder. Like, spend 35 or spend 40 or spend fucking 50 or 60 if you have to to get Ward Prowse. You need, they need him. That is I the think, player to fill that role is him. I think the problem is people now know they have the money to, to spend extra on Yeah, players. so they're just raping them. Yeah, so they want more out of it, like Chelsea saying 50 for Gallagher and 30-some for Chalaba, and you're seeing Southampton hold out for like 30 for Ward-Prowse, but I think that's a good deal for Ward-Prowse, what he brings. No doubt. I mean, he would be sick on West Ham. Like, that, he would absolutely transform them overnight, I think. It would force Um, Suchek to play more defensive, but... Yeah, which is where he needs to be, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, All right, in... We are burning the midnight oil. Um, in eleventh, I have this is an eleventh. This is tenth, actually. Yeah. I half. I have Crystal Palace. I am known to be a bit of a Crystal Palace stan. Uh, I was super unpleased when they dismissed Patrick Vieira. I still yeah. think that was that was in poor taste. But uh, Roy Hodgson <laughs> came in towards the end of last season, and they absolutely clutched up. I mean, they were they were incredible to end the season, 
The young boys seem to play really, really well for old man Roy, which is still an equation I just cannot wrap my head around. Um, but if they're going to be able to start the way that they finished last season, Crystal Palace are a team that aren't they're not going to challenge for the league or anything or really even challenge for top four, but they are certainly going to be a team that is in and around at least that conference league spot. I am not super high on them this year. I don't think it's going to be anything special. I think it's going to be another run of the mill, decent run of form, these you know, poor run of form, decent run of form, good run of form, poor run of form. And that places them every year right around 10th, 12th place. Um, there was a point last season where we thought maybe they'd go down, but they didn't. They, they clutched up. They were all right. Uh, they've got some decent players here. It's sort of the rotating striker show with Odson and Ward, Mateta. Um, they still they retained Eze. Um, they retained, what's his name? Um, Alise for now. I think there's, there's a high possibility that Alise is wearing a Chelsea shirt next year or a City shirt. Um, unfortunately not an Arsenal shirt but I do think if they're able to retain those players they are just going to have so much going forward they have so much creativity just untapped talent potential they still have Mark Gahey at the back who I think is a fantastic center back and will absolutely grow into his role there uh, that's a future England center back if I've ever seen one super super talented I just think they're going to be solid again uh, I don't think it's going to be anything super special. We're we're not going to be talking about Palace, you know, after the first week as some sort of world beater. Um, but you know what you can expect, and I think they're going to deliver uh, on pretty much everything that you would come to expect from Crystal Palace. Yeah, you make a lot of good points. Uh, in my tenth position, I have Brentford. Mm-hmm. Uh, key players in Buemo, Jensen, Ben Me. Pretty standard team. They know what they're doing, with even without the loss, or even with the loss of Tony for the first six months. I do think they will figure out a way to still be around this area of the table, and just they their strengths. They don't create a lot of chances, which isn't the biggest strength, but they are efficient when it comes to them. They finish a lot of good jobs there, uh, finish a lot of good chances off. They're one of the most physical teams. Uh, they change their formation depending on the team. If they are confident in their in their situation, they feel like they're going to control the game. They'll play a back four, uh, and if they're playing one of the bigger teams, they'll play their back three, back five type of deal and be super counterattack based. And it just works for them. Tony on on set plays. We saw him score a couple free kicks. The pens is automatic, uh, bar one from Nick Pope, but he. The loss of him will affect how they play because they don't have another striker with his profile. Uh, with Visa and Buemo, Shadi, as Evan mentioned, they have Keen Luce Potter as a winger there. A lot of small, scrawnier guys that are more uh, in behind, not towards their feet. Uh, don't know the Raya situation I had at the time. We do know now he's going to leave uh, to Arsenal. Doesn't Wasn't on the top of my list, um, but... He's definitely going to be gone, and they'll bring in more money, which they could spend on a striker that I haven't mentioned potentially for a short-term deal. Uh, and then I had for my last weakness is just most of their chances are on the counter. Preseason tour, they did seem like it was a little bit different, more possession-based. But I didn't think I don't think they won a game 
in their three they had in America here. So definitely have some things to work on the training ground with Thomas Frank over the next two weeks. All right. Um, in ninth, I have Aston Villa. I am relatively high on Aston Villa. Can you remind me of where they finished last year? I cannot get my actual Premier League table to work. Seventh. They finished seventh in the Conference League, yeah. Yeah, so they're in. Uh, they will be in the Conference League this year, or next year, rather. They were somewhat decent, honestly, uh, to close the season. Uh, they did have two losses, two wins in their last five, and the other one being a draw. They finished right above Tottenham, and I think they're probably going to finish right around Tottenham again. Tottenham is a really, really good bar for Aston Villa. That is what you should be aspiring uh, to be if you're Aston Villa right now in terms of their financials. You, you don't want the financials of the Spurs, but uh, in terms of their, their spending power, their... Not really their size. Spurs are a bigger club, but I think if you set the goal uh, right now to be Spurs, then you're probably going to be in a decent spot. You're not going to have to worry about getting relegated or anything like that. It's it's a good mark. Uh, they're not going to be Arsenal. They're not going to be United. They're not going to be Newcastle, but this current Tottenham, I think Villa will be challenging right around the same spots. And Honestly, I really like the team uh, that they have on paper. I think Ali Watkins uh, is absolutely fantastic. And, of course, he's going to be extremely important uh, in their plans this year. Uh, they've got players like Musa Diaby who have come in. They've got Buendia who hasn't necessarily uh, impressed like the way we thought he would. Now they have Coutinho again. Um, they have Leon Bailey. They have Yuri Tielemans. This is a team that made some considerable upgrades. I think Musa Diaby is going to be absolutely mega for them. I think Tielemans, again, as long as he doesn't get injured, uh, should be fantastic for them as well. Their defense is decent. They've got Diego Carlos, who was out for points last season uh, with that knee or ankle injury. I forget what it was. They brought Pal Torres in. They have Emmy Martinez, the World Cup winning keeper in there. This is a good side. On paper, this is a team that is better than Tottenham. That is, you know, should be challenging for, for the sort of. Maybe they should have the same goals as a Newcastle or something of that nature. They've got a really, really good team on paper, and I think, although it's not anything special to finish in ninth position, it is respectable, and I think that's right where where Aston Villa will be this year. I'm hoping it's higher because I like the way that they play with Unai Emery, but I think ninth is probably a conservative estimate, and I think it's going to be right around there. Yeah, I'm surprised this wasn't where Tottenham was because you had them here last year. Now they're an eighth. Yeah, that's kind of what I figured from what you said there. Um, not too far off where I had them. Yeah. Um, in my ninth position, I think they're going to have a bit of a setback. No, not and, Brighton. Yeah, it's Brighton. No. Uh, yeah, I think... I think Europe is going to be a bit of a shock to the system. It's something they've never been in. They, the African Cup of Nations, as well as their Japanese tournament, there is, or Japanese, the Asian, there's an Asian Cup. So they're going to be losing a few players there, Matoma being the main one. They have a lot, a lot, a lot of youth in this team. They're promoting a lot more into the first team as well. I just think we might see some pep issues type of deal with Deserbi because 
he might be rotating these attackers so much that they don't get any consistent form. Like he 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 never plays the strikers for a full ninety minutes. Like he keeps them on sixty minute rotations. They just signed Zhao Pedro, who's lining up maybe to be the number nine to start the year, even though they still have Evan Ferguson, Danny Welbeck, Dennis Undav. Um, I feel like I'm forgetting somebody. They just have so many guys up there. Um, so yeah, key players, Matoma, Gross uh, in the midfield, plays it right back too. And then Purvis is Stupignon. He should have another good year. Uh, the strengths, they have a deep well of young town, as I mentioned. They're one of the most aggressive teams when they attack. They they had the most shots per game last year, even above Man City and Arsenal and Liverpool. They averaged a little over 16 shots a game, and they reloaded with new talent everywhere on the pitch. Um, they weren't getting Levi Caldwell, so they decided to sign a guy named Igor, Brazilian center back from Fiorentina, for 17 mil, probably a third of the price what they would have had to pay for Levi Caldwell. Um, obviously, they bring in some some maturity and experience, especially in James Milner, uh, Mohamed Dahoud, two guys that will be in rotation for as those six and eights, those deep playmakers, depending on what Caicedo does. Um, and yeah, I think the loss of McAllister will be a bit of an issue, but we've seen in the past they move on pretty quick. And it seems like the ball never stopped, never is dropped completely for them. But I think Caicedo is probably going to leave. I think Chelsea have to get the job done. They've dragged this on for seven months now. They have to get it done. If they don't, it's just kind of embarrassing. Um, the main thing I have them in ninth for is the schedule Thursday nights into Sundays. And especially in the wintertime when they miss, they're missing a few first team guys to cup cup games with their national teams. I think it may be too much for them. And then uh, I think other clubs will slowly figure out how they play. Um, They may be caught out on mistakes a lot. They they heavily rely on the build-out from the back. All their defenders are good on the ball. But I think with Levi Colwell not in there, and I saw with that Van Heck in there, it's just not the same dunks do for a mistake every like three games so i think more situations like the everton 5-1 win over them last year may happen here and they won't get as lucky against the bigger teams now that they've changed things up a bit more so with all that in consideration i think ninth is still respectable for them i probably will be wrong if they're they're competing in top six again it's not going to surprise anybody but i'm a little bit down on them this year so yeah. All right. Um, in eighth position, I have Tottenham Hotspur. Uh, this is a team that is just not doing anything for me in the transfer market. Uh, Harry Kane is looking ever more likely that he will exit the club. I know people don't want to. They don't want to think about it. Uh, they they don't want to admit that it is a true possibility. Uh, I think Richarlison is going to be your starting striker next year, Spurs fans, and I don't think you're necessarily going to like the look of that. They did win a tournament uh, this month, or just really last week. They lifted the trophy, and Richard, excuse me, Richarlison had a hat trick uh, against some Singaporean team. So I don't know if that's moving any needles. Lion uh, City, yeah, Lion City, indeed. <laughs> um, that's 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 not doing it for me, quite frankly. Um, this is a team that has some names on paper that you would, you know, sort of uh, think are decent 
Uh, they've got LaCelso back. They've got Perisic. They've got Madison now. That was a huge signing. That That is going to be important. They've still got Sonny. They've got Kulu, who signed an extension. Um, but the defense is really where things sort of fall apart. Um, Emerson Royale missed a lot of time towards the end of last season. He will be back now. They've got Poro. They've got Reguillon. It looks looks like Reguillon's probably going to leave. Um, but their center back situation is where it is really dire no pun intended they've got romero and then eric dyer really uh davidson sanchez is, sanchez is going to be headed out and i don't know where but it's looking like he will be sold uh word on kane is he's going to Bayern. i don't know if that's true they did sign a replacement goalkeeper in guglielmo vicario uh which just is one of the most ridiculous names i've ever seen uh, he came from, I believe, Empoli, born in Udine, uh, in Italy. So they're going to be replacing Loris with, it looks like him. I don't know if the, he'll be their first choice keeper over Fraser, Fraser Forster or what. Um, but Fraser Forster wasn't very good last year. I think this team's just going to be super shaky at the back. And if they lose Kane, they're basically losing their entire heart and soul. Uh, who knows? They could be better without Kane, but I don't necessarily... Uh, see that that really being the way that it goes uh so i've got them in eighth i think it's going to be tough i think they finished just right outside of european spots this year yeah kane said today that he wants this deal figured out by uh before a ball is kicked before they play brentford the first game so he he said if he starts the season in the prem he's gonna stay well that's good so i think that's obviously not concrete things can happen afterwards where Bayern or PSG or whoever put in an astronomical bid and Tottenham have to accept it and then we go from there but I think Kane's pretty set in what he says he never really goes back on those types of things and I mean all the outlets from Germany say Kane's coming he wants to come he said he wants to blah 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 but I think Bayern are just desperate to figure out that nine now that they sold Mane to El Nazir. Yeah. Um, they're trying to figure things out to get more relevant in the Champions League because they've the last few seasons have done poorly in it, and that's where they need to improve to grow their to grow the brand and keep it relevant. Because winning the Bundesliga twelve years in a row just isn't getting it done. Yeah, that's fair. Um, okay, eighth for me. In eighth position for me, Aston Villa. I think it could be a big year for them. The bit they've just invested heavily in their attack, their defense, their midfield, bringing key players in key positions where just bulking up the attack, bulking up the defense. Could potentially see a formation change at times. They play three center backs potentially because they they have four first team guys that should be playing in in Kanza, Bings, Pau Torres, and and uh, Diego Carlos. So that could be a thing at times we see. The attack's looking great with Diaby and Watkins up front. That looks elite. We could see potential re uh, same thing that Leon Bailey did last year with injuries and just with with Diaby. We could see a bit of a dud there, but it's looking like the opposite. This guy is fast and is just his touch on the ball is elegant. And for 55 mil from Leverkusen is a big big uh, statement for Villa. So key signing or key players, Ali Watkins. Douglas Louise, Pau Torres, uh, Emery changed how the club operates. And I mentioned they've invested in their squad to keep them in the top 10 for me. 
Weaknesses similar to Brighton, European competition may be a hindrance on league performance since Villa hasn't been in this comp- in any European competition for quite a while. And uh, I think they need to find a more consistent score other than a Watkins. He only scored like 16 goals last year, which is a lot. But after that, bit of a drop off. And what he was, he was heavily inconsistent when it came to needing goals. So um, I think that keeps them outside of the top seven spots for Europe. And um, who knows? They could go on a deep cup run and get them in the Europa League. Yeah, sure. Um, in seventh, I have Brighton, uh, so so slightly higher than where Matt had them. Um, I think it is going to be a change in pace for them. Uh, it's going to be weird having European, uh, excuse me, competition. They did finish in sixth, so they're in that Europa League. Um, they're going to have midweek games. They're going to have their cup games. Uh, this is four competitions that they have to play in now after really playing in only one for the past however long they've been in the Prem. It's going to be challenging, but I think they have enough in terms of youthful attacking talent um, to to maintain a sort of decent enough side in all of their competitions. They've got Evan Ferguson now. They've got Julio and CISO, who we saw sort of break out last year. They've got Solly March, who is a player I mention all the time as somebody that's quite underrated. And, of course, they've got Karu Matoma, who I am just absolutely in love with. He's going to be their guy. He's 100% going to be the player that everything hinges on up top. While they have a decent midfield uh, a lot of the sort of juice falls in on Moises Caicedo, who we don't know if he'll be staying or not, but if they're able to keep Caicedo, that is a huge, um, that is a absolutely huge thing. They they really need to keep him. He really needs to stay. If he does, I think they're not going to have any issue whatsoever competing in all of these competitions. He is a workhorse, as is Matoma. Um, but these guys are going to get seasoned really, really quick with how many games they're playing. I don't know if Deserby's ready and, and up to the task, but the system that he had in place there last year just seemed so foolproof. And I think if it's really anything like it was last year, they shouldn't have any issue uh, placing in a decent spot in the league. I could be proved totally wrong here, but Brighton were so, so fun to watch and so, so good and dynamic last year that I think it, it's going to be really tough to see them finish uh, much below or six or much further below six, which is where they were last year. So I've got them in seventh. Yeah, it's a strong case. Um, it's nice to see. We all have the, we both have the same top six teams, so yep. it's tough to have them any of them below this point. But in my seventh position, I have Tottenham. Uh, key players, Kane, Madison, Romero. Uh, the strengths, new system with new manager. I think this guy is going to have a ten hog approach. I think he's going to get things going a bit. The problem is their defense needs a total makeover, and I don't know if they're going to be able to get it done in time before things really kick off, but they need at least two new center backs and to clear out the others in uh, Sanchez, Dyer, Rodon, and like Ben Davies. Um, Davies can play at like a left back position, but yeah, they need to figure that that situation out. Um, James Madison joining is 
kind of flown under under the radar. Even when they bought him, they only paid forty six million euros, which is on the cheap end. Because when he was in talks with Arsenal, they were saying eighty, which is wild. But he's a massive improvement in behind Kane or Richarlison, whoever it is, with with Son and Kulusevski coming back. Son saying he was injured all year last year, so that's why he was bit off and I, I i can understand that so him coming back at full strength will be major especially if kane leaves and um that's really where their season depends on for me is the improving the defense they gave up 60 goals last year and if harry kane stays i kind of have this feeling that they can still get the job done a little bit with for charleston i just feel like this manager learning about him a little bit more Every time he's gotten a new job, whether it was with Australia for the international situation or the international scene or with local club teams in Australia and also coming to Europe now, he always seems to get rid of like their best player or the best player decides to leave and he still figures a way out to get things done. He did it with Celtic too, is where he came from. So I think losing Kane is obviously going to cost you 30 goals, but... I think they can figure out a way to find at least 20 of those to keep them in this seventh position. So, And we could be completely proved wrong. King could stay. They could finish top four. And even if their defense isn't made up, I think that front four in Kane, Son, Kulisevsky, and Madison bags you at least 50 goals. Yeah. All right. Um, in sixth, I have Newcastle United. Um. Is this also who you have in sixth? I do. I also sign because I th- I'm glad you think Chelsea's top five. I do. I do. I think <laughs> we'll get into United or into Chelsea, but I, I'm actually quite high on them this year. Um, so, yeah, Newcastle were the shock team last year or one of the shock teams. I was in on them from the start. I, I thought they would place high. They did. Um, and they've really only since improved their team, maybe besides the exit of Alan St. Maxman, who has gone to um, the desert. I don't remember what team, but he did take the bag. Uh, They've signed Sandro Tonali. Their defense remains quite unchanged. Uh, They've got Botman. They've got Fabian Schar. They've got Dan Byrne, the absolute legend himself. Kieran Trippier back there as well. And then they really only improved in the midfield, like I mentioned, with with Tonali. They've got Guimaraes, who's probably going to be a little bit higher up the field this year. I think Joe Willock was uh, quite impressive last year. They've got Gordon now, who wasn't great last season, but probably took a bit of time to adjust to life in Newcastle upon Tyne. They've got Harvey Barnes now. Uh, and then up top, they have Isak and Callum Wilson, who both, who I thought were both really, really good last year. Um, Isak probably will slot in as the number one, but Wilson scored at a pretty impressive rate when he was on the pitch. So this is just a team that I think is extremely solid. And Eddie Howe did an unbelievable job with them last year. I don't see any of this changing. This is basically Saudi Arabia's um, English Premier League team. And if the, the transfer kitty and everything like that is, is stocked full, then I don't even know if, if they're done in the window. We haven't heard a ton uh, of other signings, you know, rumors about other signings. But um, I think this team is like ready to rock right into the into the season. I don't think they even need to do anything. 
Yeah, I, I have them in sixth for different reasons. I think they could finish even lower than this. I just think it's going to be a bit of a drop-off, similar to the Brighton and Villa with Europe, and obviously Champions League. But I just I think Tonali's not going to pop off like Gamarez did, even in these preseason games. It seems like he's a bit off the mark. Um, the, the Elliot Anderson has proven himself a bit, the, the local lad. He's somebody that could be getting more time in the midfield, but... Their their attacks looking strong. Barnes and Isak, Almiron Wilson, like those are nice options, but I feel like there's gonna be inconsistency there. Wilson always picks up knocks here and there. The back line, they haven't improved at all. And I think people will slowly figure out like Dan Byrne at left back, Matt Target if he's rotating there. Um, Botman, like I think things will be figured out a bit more about them. I still think they're gonna be scoring a lot of goals. And clean sheets will be pretty high for them, but I just feel like they're not going to get as lucky as they were last year. Last year, they had 14 draws, and that was a major reason why they finished as low as they did. Even if they've got five of those to be wins, that's pushing them right up there with Arsenal. But I just think a few of those games aren't going to go their way this year now. And sixth place would be pretty decent for them with Champions League as well. So, um, I think other than that, uh, I think the expectations can be, or, well, not can be, but they're, they're going to be super high for Howe. We've never seen him in this situation before as a manager. Champions League expectations of top six again. And can he handle all these egos now? He's bringing in top tier talent. He mentioned Tonali. Gamara's now, they're, they're trying to get him on another extension. I don't think that's been confirmed yet. Um, figuring out his number nine every week with Wilson and Isak competing for it, so there's going to be a, a lot of moving pieces, for, a lot of moving pieces for him to to juggle um, with his staff, and I don't know if they're going to be able to do it like last year. So that's why I have them sixth. It could be as low as as eight, I think. Yep. All right. Fair enough. Um, in fifth, I have Liverpool Football Club. Um, this one's tough. It's it's really challenging for me to put Liverpool as low as five because I think what they showed me towards the end of last season was that they are. It's totally possible that they get back to their their Champions League form when they were just absolutely unreal. Um. But you saw a darker side of Liverpool as well last year. They've lost some players. They've lost Fabinho. Um, it's not like he's an insane loss, but he is a, a utility player uh, that they use in all kinds of different spots. They had some injuries to Van Dyke last year. Joe Gomez has proven to be a player that cannot stay healthy. Um, it's like Joe Matip in there when, when those guys are hurt, so that's not great. Um, or Kanate again, not not really amazing. But the movement of TAA into the midfield is just, it has been such a revelation. It was so amazing to watch last year uh, how much better Liverpool were going forward in terms of distribution uh, with TAA in the midfield. Sure, it may leave the flank a bit more open, but he wasn't really doing all that much defense uh, anyway, when he was back there. So this team is stacked offensively. They've brought in Soboslai from RB Leipzig. 
He's going to be special, uh, most likely. I, I don't think it's going to be right away, but he probably will wind up being a decent player. They've got Luis Diaz. They've got Gakpo. They've got Jota. They've got Sala. They've got Darwin Nunez. These are just unbelievable talents, and they are going to be so hard um, to defend, really, any team going up against them. It is just an absolute murderous row of pace and individual skill. Um, God willing, they all stay healthy. I, I think they could place higher than fifth, um, but the defense is still something that I, I slightly worry about. I think it's going to take some time, but I do think... Uh, Liverpool will return to their form, at least return to their peak at some point this season. I just think the other teams above them spent so much money. Well, some Okay, one of them spent so much money and is going to be really good, and the other ones were just really, really good last year. So I guess we'll, we'll get into four in a minute. But yeah, I have Liverpool in five. Do you think if Liverpool finished fifth back-to-back years, Klopp's gone? Yeah, probably. His time's almost done, though, anyway. Yeah. Okay. Well, they did just name Van Dyke as captain and Trent as the vice. They changed that now. So that should be interesting. Um, In my fifth position, I have Chelsea. Um, I don't think we're there yet. I mean, preseason has gassed me up significantly, but I'm still just trying to level it out. And it's just... There's still a lot of moving parts. We have a lot of youth. We haven't cleared out all of the 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 problem players yet, and I just they're signing people every other day. So there's just so many things moving for Poch. I think he's gonna have a great year. If things go bad right away, I really hope people don't get on him. We have to have a manager for a full season before we decide to change it. We can't do the halfway through and get rid because I think with what we're building here is looking great so far. The attack is completely different from last year. Obviously, all new players practically, and the ones that joined halfway through look different as well. Um, but I just think fifth is is a decent area to finish, even without all the European um, play in between. I think this is where we're going to be. Uh, key players, I got Nkunku, Enzo Fernandez, and Reese James. Uh, strengths, new manager, new system, new players, and I mentioned already most of the cancers removed. Lots of young talent, eager to perform at the highest level. And then uh, extremely important is no European ball. So uh, one game a week, most of the time when there's no cup, cup competition. So a lot of training time on the practice. Sorry, I said that wrong. A lot of time on the training grounds. Uh, keeping their fitness up throughout the year. That was a number one thing last year where guys didn't go to the weight room and perform at the highest level. Guys didn't train all the way every single day. They didn't give their all, most of them. So Poch, keeping them accountable, the staff as well, all being on the same page should be good. Uh, A big step up for the medical department. No significant injuries as of yet. Um, Weaknesses, though, I think minutes won't be easily achieved with the reduced matches. So with the squad we currently have, obviously a lot of guys are going to be loaned out, but I think minutes are going to be hard to get by here or go around. And maybe guys will get upset throughout the year and cause problems in the locker room. Um, Youth could cost us in big moments. We saw with Arsenal last year, they did incredibly well, but 
when things came down to it, it just it things didn't go their way for that at that time. So I think maybe we might see the same thing here. And then I already mentioned Poch needs to have a good start to get the fans on board and Liverpool to kick it off isn't the best, but it's at home. And then the four games to follow are significantly in our favor as well as most of them are home. So I don't think you can ask for a better start for him in this squad. Injuries with Fofana obviously being out for the year, but other than that, most of the guys are recovering and should be fit. It's only when Chilwell and James get hurt where things go downhill. Um, and yeah, there's a lot to talk about, but we can talk about that later in the year. And yeah, I, I really wanted to put put them top four, but I just feel like the four teams above are a step ahead. I've got Chelsea top four. I've got yeah. them in fourth place. I have been deeply moved by the Chelsea preseason experiment. I, I've sent my scouts out to watch them in person. I've heard that it's truly something special. Uh, I've heard that Nico Jackson is an absolute revelation. And then Nkunku has been the player that I expected him to be uh, when Chelsea announced they signed him like last winter or whenever it was. Um, yeah. And I think that's just like, it, it's such an upgrade over what they had last year. If Nico Jackson actually gets time, he's 22 years old. He's got a ton of time to develop into just an absolute stud. Um, and then, you know, Chelsea are making these weird little like cheap signings. Uh, Leslie Ugo Chukwu, who is the most recent, that one was finalized today. Uh, let me tell you something right now. Big Les, as the Chelsea football fans on Twitter are calling him, is a Patrick Vieira regen. I mean, he he's mega. I watched some of his tape from Stade Rene uh, last year. Seems like really, really decent. Maybe he can be the player that they expected Zakaria to be when they brought him in on loan. Um, the defense is relatively unchanged for Chelsea. We've still got Fofana back there. We've got Batty Shield. Both of those guys are injured currently. Uh, but you've got Levi Colwell, who people were just jumping over the turnstiles to sign. You've got Thiago Silva, Chilwell, Ian Matson, uh, and then of course Reese James, who's always fantastic. This team's good. Like this team is really good on paper. You've gotten rid of all of the cancer. Uh, maybe besides Hakim Ziyech, who I don't really think is going to be really in Chelsea's plans anyway this year. You've brought you've brought Pochettino in. Don't worry, Lukaku's not going to step foot on the pitch. You don't <laughs> have to worry about it. And then you've got Mudrik, who I think this season actually will be somewhat successful for him. There's just a lot of development that needs to go on with the younger players, and I think you literally could not ask uh, for a better coach to do that than Mauricio Pochettino. And I just think this is going to be a really, really fun year to keep your eye on Chelsea Football Club. And I think it's going to be successful. I think top four is, is a complete success after the disappointment of last year. And I think Chelsea are going to be back to the peak of their powers quite soon. I hope so. Yeah, I hope so. After going through last year. Last year was fun like for me to watch, but I don't think that's going to, I don't think that's going to be the case this year. No. In my fourth position, I have Man United. Um, key players, Rashford, Fernand, Bruno Fernandes, Casemiro, uh, strengths. They found a manager with a strong will and a system. They're backing him now financially, going out to get players that he wants that fit his system, that have worked in his system. 
in Onana. Last year we saw Martinez. People were laughing at the Martinez signing. He's still ass. Great. Yeah, a lot of people think he's good. Um, still, as well, they they brought in their number nine, Rasmus Hoyland, 20-year-old <laughs> Danish striker. Holland, mm. Hoyland, you're going to have that debate all year, especially when they clash against each other. Don't know if he's going to be that guy for them. So young, but we'll see if it gives Rashford more freedom to play out on one of the wings that could play to his benefit. Um, they retained the core of the squad to continue to grow. They added a goalkeeper that fits the system. Um, and then for me, the weaknesses is they need to score more goals to compete for that title. Last year, Rashford led the way with, I think, around like 17. And then after that, it was a massive drop off to Bruno with like eight in the league. So with Hoyland or maybe Anthony steps things up, Sancho, wherever, Mason Mount, we haven't even touched on him, figuring out where he fits in the system. So, um, and then uh, I, I already mentioned it, the reliance on Rashford. So um, if he gets hurt, that could be detrimental. But with Hoyland, maybe things change. So um, I don't know. It's just I don't think they've added enough to get into that title race but i do think they still are quality and i think just backing ten hog for me is i think he knows enough to get them into this top four pretty much every year yeah i i have united in third uh they're my third place team i just am like i'm kind of bought in with with ten hog i didn't think he was a great manager when he came in uh things seemed a bit shaky but um Based on the business they did last year, bringing in Casemiro and bringing in Lissandra Martinez, uh, those were two just absolutely unreal signings. I still don't think Martinez is that good, but he's extremely tenacious. I'll give him that, uh, which is something they lack on defense, United. He, he's, he does have extremely high work rates, and he's not afraid of anybody. So that that's great, especially when you're 5'8 and you're not worried about anybody. It's impressive stuff. Um, this Hoyland guy, let me tell you something right now. I don't think this guy fucking is going to do shit for United. I think it's just going to be Rashford again all year. Um, I think Mount is actually going to perform better than, than people are, are giving him credit for. Seems like a lot of people sort of sold Mount down the river after the Chelsea stuff. Uh, some people aren't excited for him. They think a lot of Chelsea fans feel like maybe you guys made a great deal and, and got a lot of money for him, a player that, that maybe uh, sort of outlived or outshot his actual potential that one year, two years where he was amazing for Chelsea. I think he's got a ways to go. I think he, he still has a lot left in the tank. He's, he's going to develop. And I think United's a great place to do that. Um, they've got Garnacho. Sancho is a player that doesn't move the needle for me, but I think Garnacho is going to take over that spot full time. Um, I am curious to see if the formation changes with uh, Hoyland coming in. Do they play with two strikers? Do they play with the target man and they play with uh, somebody that's a bit quicker, pacier, like uh, like Rashford, or do they move him back to the wing? I have no idea. I'm really not sure about it, but um, if they decide to just stick with the one striker and sort of rotate those two players in and out. I don't think that's a problem either. They have Ahmad Diallo. They have Facundo Palistri. This is a team that has a lot of really good young players. So I think with the, the midfield the way that it is, with um, 
uh, I'm losing his name, the guy that died, Christian Eriksen, uh, and Casemiro. I, I think that's an unbelievable midfield. It's looking like they're going to offload Fred. I just think this is a really decent side, and having Onana in as fresh blood and somebody that's absolutely going to expect the most out of their defenders, like he, he said he would, um, this should be this should be interesting, and I think Manchester United are going to have a successful season. I, in my third position, controversially, I have Arsenal. That's, that's all right. Um, I think it's a bit of a drop-off from last year, even though they've shown the investment into this team, they've shown the backing of the manager and, uh, and Edu and, and Arteta there, the sporting director, bringing in Rice, Havertz, and Timber for over 200 mil is major. Um, Rice especially filling in that sixth role, especially when Partey's out. And even if he's healthy, you can play Rice in a more advanced position or sub out Havertz. There's a lot of versatility now. And this is a Champions League squad. We're going to be seeing them Tuesday nights with the music. It's going to be great seeing that red kid out there under the lights. But I just think there's just something not there entirely. Um, What that is, I can't put my finger on it entirely, but a lot of misfortune probably have to do with that. The way they ended the year last year has a, a... Something in my mind is just thinking about that. When things happen, they just drop the ball. Arteta can never beat his dad, Pep, when it comes to head-to-heads. He just never can figure him out entirely. Um, key players, Saka, Odegaard, Rice, and most importantly, Saliba, when he's fit. They're a different team. Uh, they create an astronomical amount of chances, probably even more this year, now that Rice is cleaning things up in the middle. Dominate possession, tire the opposition out. Then they add elite talent to the squad to go again. Weaknesses, I think the pressure to challenge for the title again may trip them up. And with the other clubs around them investing more and also potentially pushing them as well as City did um, could be too much for them. And I think the midfield depth might be one of the main issues because after Odegaard, Rice, and Partey, you have Jorginho as cover, um, Havertz, wherever he plays. And then after that, you have the likes of El Nene and La Conga and Vieri, uh, Vieira. So I don't know if that's going to be enough to challenge on multiple fronts, but I just I think Arsenal definitely will be in the midst of the title. I don't think the gap's going to be as major as it's been in years past. I think the top three to four will be within like 10 points from first to fourth, I think. I don't think anybody's going to run away with it, but I just think Arsenal's a little bit behind. Fair enough. Um, second place, I have Manchester City, so that's, oh. that's leaving Arsenal as number oh. one. Um, wow. I cannot explain to you how important it is to me as an Arsenal fan, that they lost. Okay, good one. Yeah. I cannot believe they let him go. I'm shocked. Uh, but they did. They've left their midfield to be. This is just like the same issue with Arsenal. 
They've left their defensive midfield to be Rodri, Calvin Phillips, and Maximo Perone. In front, they have Mateo Kovacic, Cole Palmer, and then you've got Bernardo Silva and KDB. KDB's almost aged out at this point. I mean, he was still incredible, but he's getting there. He, he's been injured. He's had quite a few injuries the past couple of years. He's actually hurt right now. He's got a muscle partial avulsion, whatever the fuck that is. What the uh, hell? I don't know. Avulsion doesn't sound good, though. This team's not as deep as it was last year, it feels like to me. Um, they have an unreal defense still. I mean, John Stones, I guess, can probably play defensive mid as well, but you've got Laporte, you've got Diaz, you've got Ake, and you've got Akanji, and then somebody named Taylor Harwood Bellis. Um, they're outside backs. Kyle Walker's aged out. Uh, you've got Cancelo, but I don't know how much we'll be seeing of him if he's looking for a move or not. There was a lot of issues with Pep last year. Might be um, yeah, so I don't know. They've lost Mares. Um, a lot of this is going to fall on to Grealish now. It can't all fall on Holland again this year. And I know Grealish was good and Alvarez was good, but if Holland doesn't have another 50 goal season, then I don't think it's going to be as easy for City to win the league. It, it just comes down to that. I don't think he can. I mean, he's going to prove me so wrong if I say it. So I'm not going to say it. But is it <laughs> is it like is it reasonable to expect him to score 50 goals again? I think now that we've seen he's done it, I think people think he can do it again. But I don't think it's 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 a. Uh... I don't think it's a, a sure thing. Able, yeah, I don't think it's a consistent thing you can expect. Like of Messi and Ronaldo, we saw those guys average 50 goals for like five, six straight years. And obviously that was in La Liga. And now you're playing this in the Prem. And he does that also in the Champions League. So I think he can get like 40 again in all comps. But things have to be so perfect for him to have that season again. And you mentioned Omarez and... And Gundogan as well. These guys opening opportunities for him. So, and then KDB, KDB maybe not being at peak performance physically could also hinder his production. So, they have to find that elsewhere. And I think they can. There, I'll get to what I say about them later. But yeah, I think it, this this would be the year that they drop up the ball. But I think it's too much of history on the line for them to do a four, to win four years in a row. That I think they still find a way. I mean, dropping the ball is like finishing second. <laughs> three points behind the winner. I've never finished outside the top three since he's been here. Yeah, so there you go. Yeah, in my um, my second place, I have Liverpool. I just, the attack is just too much it's so to crazy. look past. In the same vein, I just I just have them a little bit ahead of Arsenal when it comes to that. And with the Trent move to midfield, it just adds so many more goals for Salah and Nunes and all those guys because him serving these guys is 20 times better than a Henderson or a Thiago. I mean, he could put balls in areas that only very few people can in the world. And him not having to worry about the defensive issues as much is just incredible to think about how many goals this team can score. They can score 
city level amount of goals, 90 to 100, and be right up there. But um, key players, Mo Salah, Trent, Van Dyke, uh, strengths, uh, they cleared out their Deadwood midfielders and replaced a few of them. The problem, I would say, also is they got rid of like eight midfielders, so they only have five guys left. They need to fill those, fill out at least two of those spots to start the year. Obviously, Tiago's always hurt, so you already lost somebody there. And I don't know if we can rely too much on Harvey Elliott and Curtis Jones as much. Right now, I would say their starting six is Bichetic. Yeah, and he he impressed at times last year, but I don't know if he can be your main. I don't think I know I, he. I know he can't be your main guy at the time, so we might see McAllister play deeper roles to start the year, until they can figure out who to bring in, whether that's Lavia or potentially Caicedo if they sweep in and steal him. But we'll see. Um, weaknesses filling in that right back slot if Trent's not there. At times, if if he doesn't play in that back four, do they play Joe Gomez there, or do they somehow sign somebody? Um, it seems like I don't know if they're going to be able to sign anybody in time to fill that role. But and Evan already mentioned why why he has them fifth, and I agree. This could could hinder them. It's just too many defensive issues. We saw at times last year, the defending was so bad, and that's what ultimately held them back from finishing top four. Is they made too many silly mistakes and had Allison and so many bad spots to where he couldn't do anything to save them. So that's ultimately going to kill them in this title race for me. But I think this attack is going to be so much better than last year. And ultimately that comes also with fitness. Diaz was gone most of the time. Nunes having another year with Klopp and the boys getting things figured out. Jota is always money. We know and then also figuring out where Gakpo fits in, too. If he splits half the games with Nunes in the middle, who knows? There's so much versatility. And then also, AFCON, Salah's going to miss four or five games. So what do they do in that meantime if they're not already in a title race at that point? What are they going to do to to close the gap without Salah? Yeah. Okay. Uh, in first place, I have Arsenal. I mean, wow. I just, I love it. I just, I, I'm tired of uh, being reasonable. Uh, <laughs> I, I've been reasonable for years now, and last year I was reasonable. Uh, and they just fucking way outshot my my expectations. I think, considering the fact that we have Balogun back, we have. I have her too. I guess is a center mid now. I don't. I. I mean, that's where he was playing when I saw him. We have Smith Rowe. We have Trossard. We have Saka. We've got Gabriel Jesus. Midfield leaving a bit to be desired, but we have Rice again. We have him now. Um, and we have Odegaard. Like, it's it's mega, dude. There's so much creativity in this team. Uh. If we are able to conjure 90% of what we had last season in terms of scoring power and just maybe shore up the back line a little bit with Timber, who I, I thought looked great, by the way, in uh, in his preseason starts, then I think, I think we're going to be fucking sick again, man. Uh, I, I don't know if, if Zinchenko's defensive ability is going to be as suspect as it was last year, but 
Uh, ben White sort of makes up for some of what Zinchenko can't do on the left. Ben White does in droves on the right. So I'd like to maybe see Tierney uh, earn his place back in this team. I don't think that's going to happen, but it would be nice. Uh, and maybe see Zinchenko move into the midfield to shore up some of the uh, issues we have in terms of depth there. Uh, but I think this team has what it takes to win a title with Mikel at the helm. Last year, we got close, weren't able to do it. I think they know what their mistakes were. And if we were able to take it to City the way that we did last year in terms of a title race without Declan Rice and without Timber and without Havertz, with the same team, without pr pretty much nobody leaving, then who's to, well, besides Jaka. Who's to say we can't do it again? Yeah, I think adding that size and just dog mentality in the middle of the park is where ultimately you drop the ball. Yeah, it's um, going to be having, big. When you play Man City now, you're going to have those bodies in the middle that can bang with them. Rodri to Rice is going to be good. Um, you have Odegaard and De Bruyne's matchup there. And then without Gundogan, where, where's that creativity coming from? Yeah, they have Kovacic there now who is nowhere near the same player, but still can make moments for other players to succeed on. But um, yeah, there's a lot of questions there. But yeah, Arsenal should have a good shot to, to to be in that race again. If they aren't, it'll be surprising to everybody, but it all comes down to getting off on a good start because you can't give up points early in the year to City because once Christmas comes around, that's when they get things rolling and they need to have another good lead like they did last year and just take from that experience to hold on so yeah i can definitely see them doing it if anybody i'd say arsenal and liverpool obviously that's why they're my top three but i think those two will be the ones pushing them mainly yeah um yeah for me quickly city one uh key players holland de bruyne and john stones i think you mentioned i think stones and and walker and all those ake can fit into that other dm spot We've been seeing Pep play that 3-2-4-1. That's what they're doing now. Um, strengths, Erling Holland. Uh, they seem unstoppable. Death by a thousand cuts. And weaknesses I have. A lot of the key departures to the squad may have an effect throughout the season with their experience. Evan mentioned with Mars and Gundogan leaving and potentially even more with Bernardo Silva Jao Cancelo, Kyle Walker's been in talks potentially to go to Bayern. It seems like that's faded a little bit. They are bringing in that Vivardi old from Leipzig for oh, over a hundred mil. He's another bulky center back that is going to fill in potentially at like a left center back role where Ake plays. So they're going to be absolutely massive in the back. Midfield's going to be strong. And then the front five, all they have to do is just be creative and go forward and play Holland at times. So more more responsibility on Foden and Grealish, as you mentioned. Foden getting more playing time than he did last year, uh, as well as Alvarez. Alvarez, we saw, isn't a sec second fiddle. He can be the main man at times. And if all that comes together, if Kovacic can, he doesn't have to be a major impact guy right away. He can fill that things in. Hopefully a little more than Calvin Phillips, but um figuring out if Bernardo Silva is staying or not because he always plays a great role for them and just Pep Guardiola in general he just knows how to to drill his team to get think the get what get out of them 
what he needs to to at the end get the result and we saw last year in big games he didn't change too much up massively like he did in the past in the champions league final against chelsea like didn't play without a six no rodri now we're seeing him back his guys back the boys that got you there and it things will work out so um i don't think they're going to win as as much as they did in years past like i mentioned before we could see like a two-point victory here because i do think they're going to drop more points but at the end of the day they're going to find a way all right fair enough um real quick i guess let's get through these superlatives and then we can wrap it up because it's been dragging um who's your golden boot winner for the year uh holland i guess i mean actually no i'm i'm gonna give it to big mo sala oh sorry is that is that you're doing yeah i'm gonna take mo even with the four games he's missing for afcon i still think just the service he's gonna get is gonna be so much better it's gonna be crazy i think he i think he's gonna go for 30 to 35 i think it's gonna be like what his best years yeah um first sacking Ooh, that is a good one, man. I I'm going with the Bournemouth manager, Mauricio Pochettino. Oh, um, tears. Man, that would be tears so, in the club. That would be so Chelsea, man. It really would nah. be. Um, I am gonna take David Moyes. Okay, that makes sense because you have them last. Yeah, I think it'll be him. He's on a short leash, like super short. Yeah, I agree. Um, he's definitely my top three, but I just think this Bournemouth manager just I don't think he's gonna get the most out of this team yeah. right away. Uh who's your best signing? Obviously we're recording this on August first, so there could be new signings that uh we can't really have an opinion on yet. Dude, I genuinely think it's gonna be Nkunku. I don't yeah. I don't think yeah, like I don't know. I know a lot of Chelsea fans are really excited about him, but I'm telling you, dude, he's so he's extremely special. He's really, really good. He's gonna be amazing. I'm I'm gonna give it to Nkunku, even though technically that deal was done in the winter. No, yeah, still he hasn't played a competitive game for us yet, so yeah, that can go. But my best signing has to be Nicholas Jackson. Yeah, I know he's good too. He's sick. I, it's heavily biased. There's a lot of other great great guys on here too, but I just I just think it's it's Nicholas Jackson. This guy's gonna be fucking elite. There's just something different about him up front. Does the dirty work, gets in behind, is unselfish. He sets guys up for great opportunities. So I just think this guy's gonna be our X factor more so than Kunku. And um, yeah, um, biggest surprise. This could be a player or a team for you. Biggest surprise, player or a team? Um, I would say for me, it'd be Burnley. I just think, like, we both think they're going to finish safe mid-table. I think they could surprise a couple people with how they play, and some, some players are going to have some moments to shine. That's a, that's a really good one. Uh... I think Holland. I think this is a drop-off year for Holland. I think that's what's going to surprise people. Yeah. That's such a bad take. Yeah. I really it feel it, though. All right. Uh, biggest flop. 
team or club or team oh. or player. Uh, uh, mine's gonna be Newcastle. I think really? it's gonna be. A, I just think it was like a one-time thing. I already mentioned they drew. They drew so so many games. They just didn't have that X factor up front. They did bolster it, but I just feel like there's a, there's just something holding them back a bit, and they may be maybe figured out a bit more now so and i just know i think that ultimately comes down to me not trusting anyhow all right fair enough he didn't do enough for you last year i mean it was incredible what he did but i don't know if he can do it again uh can it be a player that is exiting out who's that alan st maximin the biggest flop I actually think he's going to be such a dead player. Like, just finished. What about in the league now? Um, I don't know. It's so hard because you, like, what are the, what are the gigantic signings that they've made? Like, the huge ones that have come in. Not so even, only... not even Newcastle. Oh, just in general. Yeah, they're escaping me right now. Mason Mount, um, Hoyland. Oh, well, let's go with Hoyland. That guy doesn't. That guy doesn't do anything they for paid me. Seventy-five mil for him. I watched a lot of tape. His top speed is one mile per hour less than Jorginho. So yeah. that's literally all you need to know. Yeah, let's go with him. That's a like a quiet late signing too. I don't know. That's a lot of money for a signing like that, in my opinion. Honorable mention, uh, Roy Hodgson. Um, oh, no. You're out on Big Roy. I don't know. I don't know if he can do it again. Big Daddy I mean, Roy. The culture in that team is incredible, but I don't know if he's going to be able to last. All right. Fair enough. All right. All right. Um, yeah. That is all from us. That's a long episode. We haven't done that in a long time, but... Um, yeah thank you excuse me thank you guys for listening um make sure you check us out on social media at post 20 pod uh, on twitter and instagram you can also find all past episodes of the show on soundcloud spotify and apple podcast thanks again for listening we are excited to get into it uh just a really couple of days now until the beginning of the season so we're super excited. We hope you're excited too. And we will see you back here same time next week. Take care.